Saskatchewan, to many, is still seen as Canada's breadbasket, a land of farms and flat stretches of road. But as Regina and Saskatoon grow into thriving cities, there's been a decline in the rural heartland. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. In the first of two episodes highlighting their series, Abandoned Saskatchewan, I'm joined by Saskatoon Star Phoenix reporter Phil Tank about when the decline started, what's driving it, and what the potential implications are for the province. Don't forget, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite shows. We'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So, Phil, when many Canadians think of Saskatchewan, they think of farm fields and big prairie skies and, you know, driving along a really flat landscape. How much of that perception is tied to the history of the province? That's exactly the history of the province. That's why, you know, one of the people I spoke to for this series, one of the professors said that's the only reason they settled people here was to settle, uh, to grow grain and export it back to Europe. And of course, they they had the uh, Dominion Lands Act, which basically gave 160 acres to any man over 18 or any woman who headed a household. And of course, you can see that in the shape of the province, right? Of course, the straight lines on either side show exactly how the province was divided up. So that's exactly why this province was settled. But that perception has kind of been in flux for a long time, hasn't it? Like the idea of rural Saskatchewan is changing. And what's driving that change? Well, again, one of the people I spoke to said, you know, as soon as we started settling here, the internal combustion engine it was obviously a huge technological change, but it changed the way the farm economy worked, right? Farms started to grow in Saskatchewan until about late 1930s, and then they started a steady decline. Basically, they got bigger, right? It became difficult to make money with uh, smaller farms, and it's really quite stark how much they declined and how even as the Dominion Lands Act was quite successful at settling this province, right? At, at, for decades, we were the third largest province in Canada, which is something I didn't even realize. Uh, we, and we had more agricultural land than Manitoba and Alberta combined at one point. Hmm. As the province got settled, it almost automatically started to decline in terms of the percentage that was living in rural areas and the share of living in urban areas started to grow. Is it just that people are looking to leave rural life behind and move to cities, or is it bigger and bigger farms becoming the norm? Is it something else going on, you know, in migration to the province? It has people coming to cities, and just as that happens, you shift the balance of population? Like, what is going on with the way of rural life in Saskatchewan? It's essentially that if you have larger farms, you have fewer people involved in farming and fewer people living in rural areas. What's important to note is that it's a really slow process for, say, a a rural community to decline. But I, I think it would surprise a lot of people maybe in Saskatchewan, just what's a small share of the provincial economy is agriculture now. It's less than 10% of our GDP and fewer than 10% of the people employed in the province are employed directly in agriculture. Mm-hmm. Well, we still are pretty rural compared to most of Canada, our economy is not as dependent on agriculture as it used to. And some of these definitions can be difficult, right? Like Statistics Canada defines rural as a community under 1,000 people 
with density lower than 400 people per square kilometer. Now, that's a difficult one in Saskatchewan because, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, we have lots of towns, we have lots of villages, we have, you know, small cities of 5,000. Most provinces, I don't think, consider a community of 5,000 to be a city. We do. Mm -hmm. So, like, is that a town? Is it a city? Is it rural? Is it urban? So there's difficulties with some of these uh, definitions, too. And you say that it's it's been a slow process. How long has this switch been going on for, from the rural to the urbanization of Saskatchewan? It's pretty much started from the get-go, right? Like, as soon as people started moving here, the rural share of the population declined, but it really started in the 1960s. You can really see a growth in the urban uh, share and a drop-off in not just the share of the rural population, but the rural population you know, in and of itself. And now growth in so-called rural areas is very minimal, like villages, towns, that sort of thing. It's it's very minimal, whereas the growth that's, you know, we've experienced in Saskatchewan over the last, say, 20 years or so has really been in urban areas. And of course, we only have the two census metropolitan areas here in Saskatchewan, Regina, and Saskatoon. You talk about, you know, the growth in the last 20 years being in urban areas. Does that demographic switch in the province actually help accelerate the idea of rural decline as politicians are more likely to direct resources where the most people are? Do, are we starting to see an imbalance in the way that political and economic resources are doled out? Definitely, you have to go, well, politicians have to go where the voters are. Yeah. And, you know, you could also argue that the people who are paying most of the taxes you know, should get their fair share of services. So it's tough to justify highways to declining rural areas, healthcare. I mean, it's still brought up by the governing Saskatchewan party that the NDP government confronted with a debt crisis in the 1990s, uh, closed dozens of rural hospitals. That came up in this year's election. And still, <laughs> and you know, it, it may have made the NDP irrelevant there for a generation because of that perception. I'm not sure what else would have been done. Population obviously drives decision-making everywhere, and you certainly see that here. But of course, the Saskatchewan party is regarded as having a rural base, yeah. and that makes them very formidable if they can win. And you know, for the last few elections, they've won most of the uh, urban ridings. But you know, so long as they can hold on to a few urban ridings and win the so-called rural areas, you know, they're very difficult to defeat at the polls. You mentioned earlier that farming has kind of fallen off in terms of its position in the province's economy. Less than 10% of the people are working in agriculture and it makes up less than 10% of the GDP. For those who are still working in that sector, what did they feel about how the position has changed for them? It's been really stark that, uh, you know, you don't sense that it's because these farms are so much bigger. It, it's not the traditional, what you think of in terms of farm life, right? It, it is more remote than uh, people living in the cities for sure. But I mean, I was struck by just how much the farms grew in the 1920s and 30s and even into the 40s and how much they've declined. Like in 2016, when the, uh, the last census was taken, you know, 24,000 farms in the province. That's clearly a very different sort of economic outlook than than it had been for most of the existence of the province. Saskatchewan's a place, as you said, at 5,000 people, a community can be designated a city. And while that's not a, a large center, that's still not an insignificant number of people. And I imagine that people who are living in these centers are, are quite tied to that community. Are there people that are just attached to life in rural areas? And what is keeping them where they are? 
Obviously, Regina and Saskatoon have grown a lot in the last 20 years. But so, you know, two of the fastest growing communities in Canada are Martinsville and Warman, which are two kind of bedroom communities just north of Saskatoon. Because, of course, they're close to an urban area. They're close to healthcare. They're close to shopping. They're close to entertainment, you know, whatever you want. There's also, you know, cities of like 5,000, 7,000, that sort of thing that it doesn't look like they're going to die. They may actually benefit from people who say, well, you know, there's a hospital there. There's a healthcare services that I want. There's a long-term care home for when I get older. I don't want to move to the big city. I'd rather stay there. And, you know, one of the professors I spoke to pointed out that all these statistics are impressive and, you know, it tells us where our province is going, but it doesn't talk about the quality of rural life, right? Mm -hmm. and, and what a lot of people still are attached to about that's not cities. I mean, a lot of people would come to Saskatoon and think, oh, well, this is a small city. But, you know, for, a lot, for most people who live in Saskatchewan, this is the big city. So what is it that, like those qualities that they talk about, is it just the sense of community? Is it knowing your neighbors? Is it less crime? Like what are the things that have that appeal for people? I think it's just they get attached to uh, an area. It, and it's also, there's probably lots of people in cities too who would choose to live in rural areas. We, we live in cities for convenience, not necessarily because we like the traffic or, and we like uh, the, you know, having smaller plots of land or anything like that. You know, we all live in cities, or most of us live in cities uh, in Canada now, for convenience, right? I spoke to one professor who's actually sold his house in Saskatoon during the pandemic because, of course, they started doing online learning. And he wonders whether that might lead a bit of a resurgence in thinking about, well, you know what, if I, I could live outside the city, I'm not as tied to, you know, being close to a place of work anymore. So he suggested that, you know, there might be a rethink of where people live and why they're living where they're living. Now, what about the idea of the year that everyone has had and, and the COVID-19 pandemic? Does a virus that seems to hit crowded urban areas harder, just by the nature of kind of having more people packed in, make it more attractive to live in smaller communities? Have we seen any early indications that that may be taking place in Saskatchewan? I think it's a little early for that. I did some research earlier about the 1918 uh, Spanish flu, and there was people living in rural areas, very rural back then, of course, like just on their farm. And they went against the advice of uh, health officials. They traveled to towns or cities because they wanted to be close to some sort of health care. And of course, then they got the Spanish flu because they were much safer in isolation on their farms than they were going into the cities. But I think it's fair to say that we're going to have a wholesale rethink of what work is, like what workplaces are. Mm -hmm. It's probably too soon to say whether that's going to. But I mean, we live in the city because of convenience. If work changes substantially, if you don't need to be close to a workplace, you can see where that could lead to a rethink of why am I living in the city when I could do most of what I do from a more remote location. There's also the whole uh, issue of rural and urban, in you know, as we see in Saskatchewan during the pandemic, right? There's a feeling anyway that rural people are less supportive of restrictions because they feel that the virus isn't spread as easy. They don't live in as close quarters. They don't have people coming in in airports and that sort of thing, which is, of course, less of a concern now than it was at the beginning of the pandemic. But of course, that's how the pandemic arrived here. Yeah, There's a bit of a split there too. With a party that has such a rural base, the, the Saskatchewan party, 
Do you get a sense that politically speaking, they have an incentive to try and stem the decline of rural areas in Saskatchewan? Or is it just that these people are going to vote for that party because of what past NDP governments have done to those rural areas? I think it's a little bit of both. They did announce a lot of schools outside the major cities in the lead up to the election campaign. They talked a lot about, you know, a lot of the projects that they're doing. And of course, infrastructure projects are seen as good ones given the economic conditions. There's a lot of highways being paved in uh, rural areas. And of course, you know, it's, it's kind of divided between how much the province is doing this and how much the Saskatchewan Health Authority is doing this. But one thing they did early on the pandemic was they, they closed some emergency rooms in rural areas to get ready for a COVID surge that at that point never came. And so that was a bit of an issue that the NDP tried to make hay with is, oh, okay, your first instinct is to shut down rural emergency rooms. It didn't win them any seats in, in uh, the NDP, any seats in rural Saskatchewan in the election. Mm-hmm. But there's certainly that consideration all the time. If there's fewer people farming, you know, this is just the way the economy is going. Yeah. If there's fewer people farming, there's going to be fewer people in these areas. Saskatoon now is becoming a bit of a tech hub, which you wouldn't have thought. But of course, you can't just rely on agriculture and mining and the oil industry and the, you know, the other big industries here. You've got to sort of branch out. Is it seen as something that's of concern or just that this is just the way that it's been going for so long and it's going to continue that way? Like, what's the outlook on this? The series that you and and your colleagues have been working on is, is quite fascinating, but does it speak to a great, like, why is this a concern or is it just, this is something that is notable that hasn't been looked at in a while? I think it's starting to hit people from a cultural perspective, like who are we in Saskatchewan? Like our identity was pretty obvious and has been pretty obvious for most of our existence. Mm-hmm. We're rural, we grow grain, mainly for export. When I was growing up, I'd go to my uncle's farm when we were kids, and it was a fairly modest operation. It wasn't one of these big farms. That's being lost in these old farmhouses and barns and It's even uh, a little unsettling when you see these new grain elevators that aren't the traditional ones that have the sloped roof and that sort of thing. It's like, oh, okay, this is definitely built for like a big scale farm as opposed to what people like me have seen, you know, for most of our lives growing up. So I think it's starting to resonate on a cultural level. Like, where are we going as a province? What is our identity now? Mm -hmm. And of course, there's all sorts of, you know, societal concerns too. Like, how do you deliver healthcare in remote communities? And of course, I haven't seen my doctor once during the pandemic. So so you can see where that's kind of heading, right? Like, okay, if you can do a lot of this virtually, maybe we don't need the rural hospitals as much as we used to. Well, it definitely is a fascinating issue. And, and, you know, being from another prairie province as well, it's something that piqued my interest. Phil, thanks for your time. No, thank you. In our next episode, we'll talk with Saskatoon Star Phoenix sports editor Kevin Mitchell, who took a journey back to his family's farm. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Phil Tank. More from him at thestarphoenix.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.